Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for your faithfulness inside of that. We are excited to see what God's going to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, well, we've been in a series that we've called Genealogy, and we're going to conclude that series this weekend. And if you've been with us over the last few weeks, you know that there have been um, some pretty interesting topics. We've talked about Lot and his daughters. We've talked about David and Bathsheba. We, you know, we've, we've just spent some time on some characters. Some of you, some of the stories that we talked about, you, didn't, you had no idea that those stories were in the Bible. And, uh, and I just, I'm blown away the more I dug into Jesus' genealogy at the people that he chose to use. And, uh, and, but with that, there are some of these stories that are a little tricky. They're a little hard and they're, they may be uh, a little sensitive. And so we're going to put up our, uh, our parental guidance warning up on the screen. And I'll read this for you. It says this. These are real stories about really flawed people, sometimes doing really messed up things. We will try to keep it PG, but there may be topics discussed that could raise questions in, uh, could raise questions if you choose to keep your children in the room. Um, just that's your heads up, your warning that again today we're going to cover a few topics that might raise some questions and some of those are good. It's all right for you to talk about those with your children, but I just wanted you to have fair warning from me. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, well, today I want to spend just a few moments and I want to talk uh, about two different characters. We're going to start with just a, a glance at someone else because I think as we've walked through this series, I hope, my prayer is, that those of you who sit here today and you feel as though there's things in your life that disqualify you from the kingdom of God, that you will understand that as messed up as you may have been or as messed up as you find yourself today, you are not as messed up as some of these people. Now, we're not gonna spend a lot of time on, on Tamar, but uh, in Genesis chapter 38, you can read the whole story, and I won't read it to you, but it tells that Judah disobeyed God and he married the wrong person. And inside of that, we see what happened next actually could make some reality TV blush, okay? It's, uh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty interesting to see. I'll give you the gist of the story. Here's the account. Judah's Gentile daughter-in-law is left as a widow with no son or no heir uh, when her husband dies. And this basically makes her husbandless, homeless, and broke. And under, the, under their custom, she is permitted to have a son by either her father-in-law or one of her brother-in-laws. I know it's messed up, but it's the way it was. And, uh, but none of them are willing to do so because she's a Gentile. And out of that, they are willing, however, to, as you look through the scripture, use and abuse her. And eventually, she, she poses as a prostitute and deceives Judah into having a child by her. And he never knows that the prostitute was his daughter-in-law until she is found out to be pregnant he finds out she's pregnant, and then he decides that he's going to have her stoned to death. And then she's able to prove that it's his baby, and so he does not. Now, can I tell you, that story, as crazy as that is, that baby is in the lineage of Jesus. You thought your story was messy? I'll guarantee it ain't that messy, right? So... Now, that, and believe it or not, that's the cleanest version of that story I can tell you. 
So as we look at this, what I need you to understand is even though we live in ungodly times, God is preparing an intervention for mankind. So as we look at this, that story, and again, we're going to move on to the main story that we're going to look at in just a moment, but I just, I, I didn't, I didn't have time to extend this series to where I could cover all the people that, that I, as much as I would like to. So I wanted you to hear that because I think that secondly, as we look at that story, all of this chaos happened because man decided to leave God's plan. And many of you, the chaos that has happened in your life is because you've chosen to step away from what God's plan is for your life. And I'm telling you today, he's calling you back. God's plan is one of hope for you. It's one of blessing. It's one of a future for you. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, it says this. If you leave God's paths and go astray, you will hear a voice behind you say, no, this is the way. Walk here. I love that verse because it's so powerful, this imagery of God. And he, and he loves each of us so much that as, as we would maybe choose to walk in a direction that isn't of him, instead of him just sitting on his throne and being angry and saying, well, they'll pay for it, God is so loving that he's constantly calling us back. He's constantly wanting us back in right relationship with him. And he's, he's a God of such grace and mercy. And so... We have, but we have to choose to listen to the voice and to obey it. There's another story that I want us to look at real quick in Joshua chapter two. And I'll summarize this and then we'll read parts of the scripture. But Joshua is, uh, is told he's gonna take this land. And so he sends some spies to get the lay of the land. It's Jericho that they're going to. And in the middle of that, there's a prostitute named Rahab. And she takes the spies and she hides them from those who would look for him. And so that's where we pick up the story. Joshua chapter two, verse eight, it says this. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water in the Red Sea for you, to, you when, the, when you came out of Egypt and what you did in Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear by me, swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sister, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives, uh, our lives for your lives, the man assured her. If you don't tell that we are, what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully as long as the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so your pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return and then go on your way. Now the men said to her, this oath we, uh, you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land, you have tied a scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down and unless you have brought your father and mother and brothers and all your family into your house, if any of them go outside of your house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. 
we will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell uh, what we are doing, we are released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you said. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied a scarlet cord in the window. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you'll show us what we need to see. God, I thank you for your, for your word and the fact that it holds true. God, that in every situation, Lord, we can look both old and new and we can see Jesus. And as we do that, God, we're reminded of this amazing love that you have for us. So Father God, I just pray for those who are watching today in Star Valley and those who are in Malawi and in the jail and those who will be watching on the North Slope of Alaska and wherever else they may be watching, I pray, Father God, that you would speak to our hearts. God, you know exactly where we are in our faith journey. And I pray that today would be a day where you would move us forward and we would have a new and a better understanding of this love that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I want us to look at this story of Rahab for just a few moments. In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1, it says this, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. The arm of the Lord is long, and he is reaching for his people. This is one of the greatest pictures of redemption in the whole Bible as we look at this story. It, once you hear this story and you understand that Jesus is a descendant of Rahab, you cannot be an unbeliever, I don't think. I don't think you can, you can hear what, what, how this story unfolded and not have a better understanding of how God spoke to us through the Old Testament continually to show us Jesus. Yes. As we look at this story, we see that there are so many things that have unfolded. It cannot be a coincidence. Rahab was born outside of any chance of grace. She lived in Jericho, a city that was destined for judgment. She was a Gentile. She was a prostitute. She lived within the walls of a city that were about to be flattened. She had three strikes against her. And yet in this moment, she hides these spies in her house. And because of that, she says, will you save not only me, but will you save my family? And the, the interesting thing about this is in the moment, I don't know what the, what the scarlet cord was that she was tying. Some theologians believe that this might have been a scarlet cord that because she was a prostitute, she might have wore it as a symbol that she was open for business. But either way, I don't know that it had any significance to her other than it's what they asked her to do. But the color may have meant nothing to her back then, but it shouts thousands of years later that it represented the blood of Christ. Right, that in this moment, she hangs this scarlet cord out her window as if to say, listen, I'm with you. And when she does that, that becomes her salvation. It becomes the very thing that saves her from a certain death. And even though the whole city was destroyed and her, her family was saved, the woman went on to be in the lineage of Jesus. Rahab's life is summed up, I believe, in Ephesians chapter 2. We look at verse 11 and it says this, Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, were without Christ, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Maybe today you sit here and you feel as though your circumstances have taken you away from God. 
Or maybe you sit in the room today or you're watching online and you feel as though you've never been close to God. You don't have relationship with God. Maybe you don't feel as though you deserve to have relationship with God. Maybe you feel as though you too have had three strikes against you. Maybe your strikes are your behavior, your family tree, or maybe it's even the way you grew up or where you grew up. And you've got these things that feel as though they're too hard to overcome. And the amazing thing about this story is Rahab had all of those things. She was born in a place that she couldn't control that was destined for destruction. She was making choices that were not the best choices. Her family tree was not a great family tree. She had all of those things against her. But in this moment in this story, she makes a decision and the decision is, I'm not going to let those three things determine my destiny. And some of you need to hear that today because what you need to understand is you've allowed one or many of those things to destroy or to determine your destiny. And as we look at this story, we begin to understand that God is always screaming and giving us a choice. He's calling out to his children. And you sit in this room today or you're watching today and you may find yourself in a position where by the end of this message, you're going to be left with a choice. Yeah. Rahab had a choice. She had a decision to make. The easy thing actually would have been to just go on with life as usual. Why risk it? Why, why even try I'll just keep living my life. I'll keep my head down and do what everybody expects me to do. But in this moment, she says, I'm done with this old life. We are all sinners without God, but we have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Rahab found out that no matter how far she was from God, she could, she could redeem her whole household by trusting in God. One scarlet thread in the window of Rahab's house saved her family. But I want to look at that for just a moment because for some of you last week we talked to the men, but I want to talk to parents for just a moment. Because in this moment, what these men said to her is said, we will, your whole family can be saved. But you got to bring them into the house. If you bring them into the house, there's salvation. For many of us, what we've done in, in current culture is we've gotten to a place where bringing them to the house is an option. And God is telling his people in the day and age that we live with all the things that the enemy is doing to push against God's word, now more than ever, our children need to be in the house. Yes, our families need to be in the house. Today, the scarlet thread of Jesus' blood in your life will bring you to him no matter how far you've drifted. No matter how far you've gone, no matter how distant he may seem, that, 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 that scarlet thread is being offered to you continually. He wants you. He loves you. God loves you so much that he sent his only son to die on a cross because he wants relationship with you. And it's, I don't know how, I don't know how you walk through this life without relationship with Jesus. I don't know how you can get up in the morning and not, and, and, and just live this life because to be honest with you, this life all in all is pretty mundane and, and can often be pretty horrible. But when we know that there's a purpose and there's a reason why we're here, if when we begin to understand that not only does, is God's arm long enough, but the God of the universe sees you. 
He loves you. He has plans and dreams and desires for you. In Romans chapter five, it says this. When we were utterly helpless with no way of escape, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners who had no use for him. Even if we were good, we really wouldn't expect anyone to die for us. Though, of course, that might be barely possible. But God uh, showed his great love for us by, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since by his blood, he did all this for us as sinners, how much more will he do for us now that we are declared not guilty? Did you hear that? God declares you not guilty. It didn't say sinful, wicked, disgraceful. It said not guilty. We need to forget about what others may have said about us. Some of you live under under a guise of what your mom said about you, what your dad said about you, what your husband said about you or your wife said about you. Some of you live in this this cloudy place of, of letting others define you. But the God of the universe said, if you will come to this place where you will accept the scarlet cord, if you will understand that Jesus died on the cross for you, that by doing that, all of a sudden, God says, you are not guilty. Your guilt may be from a long line of bad memories, but God's arm of redemption is longer. Can I just tell you, I heard it said this last week that God does not hang on to an expired version of you. I thought that was a great way of saying it because a lot of times what's happened in the past is expired, but we keep holding on to it. We keep hanging on to it. And I'm telling you right now, that's not the God that we serve because he is timeless. And he not only sees who you were, but he sees who you will be. And can I tell you the good thing about our God is he doesn't just say, hey, I know you were a mess and I believe you can be this, but God cheers for you. He's cheering you on. He's saying, I believe in you. Son, daughter, I see you and I know that, that you, there's, there's so much potential in you and I want to just see you succeed. How great is our God that he loves you that much, that he would cheer for you. Throughout scripture, we see people who could easily be overlooked People who were messy, people who made big mistakes, people who could have been dismissed. But those are the people God uses. So throughout my series, my hope was that you would hear some of these stories and understand that there is hope and purpose for you.
was a single mother. She was abandoned by the family that she belonged to. And there in the wilderness, alone with her son, with very little provision, she was wondering, she was questioning. Does anybody care? She thinks nobody loves her Hey, God thinks nobody's there But God says
ask you to just close your eyes with me for the next few moments. I want nobody to be looking around because I really feel as though there are some of you in this room today and you feel as though you are unseen. You feel as though you're in a place in your life right now where you have been discounted. You have been, you have been written off. And as I was thinking about this lineage of Jesus and these men and women that we've talked about over the last few weeks, I couldn't help but think about the fact that so many of them have such big messes that they had made. But yet, your God sees you. The God of the universe saw in them what they couldn't see in themselves. He saw in them what no one around them would have ever believed. If some of those people that we've talked about over these last few weeks had said, my child will be in the lineage of the one who comes to save the world, they would have been laughed at. But here we sit as we tell story after story of this God that sees. He sees you. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, it says, When we were utterly helpless with no way of escape, Christ came just at just the right time. Some of you sit here today and you feel as though it's, it's already too late or the, the struggle is too much or God can't possibly love me. But I want you to understand for me this evening is that that scripture tells us that God comes right on time. He's never late and he's never early. And for you, I've been praying this week that this would be a week and a, and a service that you'd be able to sit in and this would be a moment of surrender for many of you where you'd come to the realization that, that you don't have to listen to what other people say because your creator loves you and he has plans for you. But you have to come to a place of believing. As we look at that story, this woman had a, had a choice. She was told you, there is salvation for you and for your home, but you must be obedient. You must do what we're asking you to do. And so as she does it, she not only finds salvation for herself, not only does she find salvation for her house, but her lineage is now part of the lineage of Jesus. You see, God is always waiting for our obedience because when we're obedient, he is a God who will lavish us with rewards. He wants to do great things in you. He wants to do great things through you. And I love that song that Sierra just sang because it's just this reminder that even these amazing characters that we read about in Scripture, they all have these moments of brokenness and feeling alone. And in that moment, God speaks. God says, I see you. I've got you. And I believe that there are some of you that, that are within the sound of my voice right now and you've come to a place in your life and maybe you're even a follower of Jesus or you're trying, but you've come to a place where you still feel like you've got to battle through on your own. And I want you to hear that today. God sees you. The God of the universe loves you. Will you surrender to him? Will you trust him? Some of you are just struggling through life, trying to make things happen. And God is saying, I see you. Trust me. You don't have to do this life alone. I wonder how many today would be honest and just say, you know, Jason, I, am not I have not been following Jesus. I have not 
Maybe you haven't ever accepted him or maybe you've accepted him, but if you were honest today, you, you haven't been following him. Maybe you feel as though you kind of go through the motions because you feel like, well, I'm, I'm exempt from that. I, I, it's not for me. That's a lie from the enemy. These stories that we've read of some really, really messed up people that God still used. He still loved them through their mess. And God loves you today. So if you're here today and you'd be honest, no one else is looking around. I just would love the opportunity to pray with you before we leave. Would you do me a favor if you just say, I want to, I want that relationship with Jesus Christ. I, it's not about religion. It's, it's pure relationship. Just saying, yes, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. I believe that he died on the cross for my sin. I believe that he rose again on the third day. And I believe that he wants relationship with me. And in that accepting of that, he forgives you of your sin. And he brings you to a place of freedom. So if you're in the, in the room today, would you just lift up your hand? If you just say, Jason, will you remember me in this last prayer? I just want to make sure my relationship is right with God before I leave this room. Is there anybody like that at all? Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good girl. Yeah, thanks, man. Back there, I see you. else today that would say, yeah, will you remember me in this closing prayer? Just a moment, the worship team is going to lead us in a little bit more worship, but I want to spend just a moment right now with those of you who raised your hand, and, and I'm asking everybody in the, in the house if you'll just repeat this prayer with me. But for those of you who lifted up your hand and you and you know I I mean that and I want things to change and I want I want to feel seen, I want to feel accepted, I want to feel loved. Maybe you didn't have the courage to raise your hand, but you that as I even spoke that, that spoke to you. I want you to pray these words and mean them. And as you do, you start this relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's all pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus. I thank you that you see me. I thank you that you love me. I thank you, Lord, that even though I'm a mess, you have plans and dreams for me. Today I ask if you'd forgive my sin. I want to follow you. I'm accepting you into my life. I'm making you Lord and King. Will you guide me and direct me? In Jesus' name, amen. There are many of you that raised your hands today, and if you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer and you mean it, can I just tell you, welcome to the family. God has plans for you. I'd love the opportunity to talk with you afterwards or if you want to find one of the prayer teams up here today and you want to tell them what God's done in your life or you just need prayer, we'd love the opportunity to do that. Will you stand as we worship? The altars are open and there will be prayer teams here if you need prayer. Thanks for listening. 
River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.